Welcome to the third episode of Resuscitating the Business of Humanity. The title of this episode is Your Emotion Quotient. The date is March 8th, 2020. The location is Des Moines, Iowa, and I am Gary William Bear. To properly establish the trajectory of this talk, I would like to remind you that in the introduction to Resuscitating the Business of Humanity, I stated that the business of being human was to free the human will. And in that introduction, I gave two examples to illustrate the point of how fear is a practice that co-ops our access to our free will. In the second episode, which was titled Beliefs Are Not Truth, I endeavored to point out how whenever we confuse our belief for truth, the consequence of that is that we experience some pinch, uh, usually in the form of uh, fear or anger or hate or rage, or any of the derivatives of fear. It could be jealousy, it could be suspicion, it's some negative component. And I say this because fear is just the most noticed result of confusing a belief for truth. And it is through the repetitive practice of this that it becomes more and more intense over time. And also, the intensity of the experience of moving from fear to anger to hate or rage like that, you can see that that's an escalation. And that escalation is in direct proportion to how far and fast you are moving away from what is actually true. Now, because fear and anger and heat and rage and all the rest are emotional states. They have a quality to them. They have uh, a vibration to them. And they are fundamentally a type of energy in motion. That's what emotion means, energy in motion. Now, as Albert Einstein has been known to say, energy cannot be created nor destroyed. It can only change form. Normally, we think about that referring to the energy in the world, electrical energy, atomic energy, um, solar energy, you have it. But the point of fact is that energy is energy, and energy in motion will remain in motion, and it will not be created nor destroyed, it will simply be able to change form. And for this reason, your emotion quotient refers to the net result of all of the emotional states that you have experienced in your entire life. The sum of that is the result of the tone of your life's experience whether you are always fearful or happy or joyful or angry 
or impatient or bored or rageful like that, all of those states are the result of the summation of all of the emotions that you have entertained in your life that are still vibrating in your system. So to say that it's the sum, it doesn't mean that you've added it all up and all the pre-existing qualities of energy have been negated or dissolved. No, it doesn't mean that at all. It means that, in fact, all of those emotional states have created an overtone, which is a very complex condition that yet contains in living form all of the subordinate emotions that have been living in you. And it is because of this quality that we have, uh, we notice people have certain emotional states or dispositions. And the only way to remove or to shift out of those emotional tones, those emotional states, the, if you will, quotient, emotional quotient of your life is to bring the beliefs that cause them into truth so that the beliefs don't bind you, the beliefs and their emotions don't bind you, and that the truth can set you free. Now, I wanted to talk about this because I had an experience about this. Like, actually, I've had a lot of experiences with this. But this one that I want to share with you is very relevant and rather interesting in that it has to do with how this talk, these series of talks on resuscitating the business of humanity came about. So for me, about a year ago, I was in the, had the opportunity, uh, I was in a conversation with a uh, biochemist who I will call Dr. J, who has a habit of wanting to talk to people over the phone to get a sense of how they are. And what he's able to do actually, which is quite unusual, is that by the way you talk or the actual tone, your emotional tone, he is able to discern what is going on in you mentally, emotionally, and physically. So he's a biochemist. He knows about herbology. He knows about alternative health. He's a very well-read gentleman. And I had the opportunity to be introduced to him about a year ago. And every few weeks, we would check in and talk. And after about three months, he would say to me, uh, and actually, I was on the phone with my business partner, who you'll hear about or hear from later. Her name is Susie Q. He would say to us, wow, it's really interesting talking to you. You have such a unique perspective about life. Have you ever thought about doing a talk show? To which I responded, absolutely not. I had no interest at all. And then a few months would go by. And it was clear that he had been thinking and stewing on this because then he would come back onto the phone and say, I've been really thinking about this. You guys really need to do this show. And this happened for the course of literally a year. And it wasn't until sometime after uh, January of 2020 that again, he came to the phone call to talk about the things that were going on and, and the modalities we were doing and the things that would help our, our health. And he yet again said, with renewed enthusiasm that you guys really should do a talk show. You have a very interesting perspective that there's a segment of the population could relate to and you ought to share it with them. 
Now, in this particular instance, I decided to make note of the fact that every time he brought this up, the logic of it was there. It made sense to me because I had a lot of things that I had written about and thought about and wanted to share. But for some reason, whenever he brought this up, it landed flat. It was as if it had no place to go. It was energetically null. And while we're on the phone, I said to him, I said, Dr. J, I find it curious that we've been talking about this for a year. And even though I find value in the concept of it, it doesn't resonate or hold any interest for me. And at this moment in time, I'm actually wondering why. As if there is something in me that is turned off or shut down or unable to allow me to access the possibility of this in my life. And as I sat there reflecting on this, I began to see shadowy images of myself as a five-year-old lying face down on my bed in uh, California, filled with terror and fear and anxiousness and a deep longing for my father that I had never in my life known. And the reason why this is interesting is that my parents had divorced when I was four. I was born in Manhattan, New York. My parents divorced when I was four. And at the age of five, my mother had taken my brother and I, who's two years older, had taken us from New York to Nevada, illegally, basically in contempt of court, denying my father his rights of visitation. And in that instance, I was taken away from my grandfather on my mother's side, my grandfather on my father's side, and my grandmother, and everybody I'd known for the first five years of my life. And I found myself in Nevada, of all places, waiting for this guy to show up who was going to be my stepfather, who turns out was very controlling, very angry, very mean and intimidating. And what happened from that point going forward was that every six weeks for the next two or three years, we would move from Reno to Las Vegas and then to San Jose and to San Luis Obispo and Wairica and Eureka and Sacramento and Fresno and Castro Valley. And we moved all over the place. Every six weeks, I was a new kid at school. I couldn't tell anybody where I'd come from or where I was going, or what my real last name was. It was kind of like I was on the lam, but I didn't know it. And what this does for a child is it creates a very unstable sense. And you juxtapose that with an adult male whose penchant in life was to make you feel, make me feel that my opinion didn't matter. He was very strict, very controlling. And I was afraid to speak my truth, basically. And all of this came tumbling forward in the space of just a few moments when I allowed myself the opportunity to entertain, why is it that Dr. J is talking about something that I've always wanted to do to share this kind of knowledge, and yet I have no response. And the point of this is, is that 
my confusing beliefs for reality, the stress and strain of my childhood, the fact of being literally um, kidnapped and always hoping that my father, my real father, would come and find me, who, by the way, I never saw again my entire life. He died when I was nine. And yet all of this stuff is buried within me as part of my emotion quotient. And the presence of it, though hidden, prevented me access to my will to say yes to something that was essential to me freeing myself. And in the course of freeing myself, all I needed to do was to become open to the truth of the circumstances of my life. And I couldn't do it in extreme detail. It was more the emotional component that was latent in my system that got triggered. And in the triggering and the release of it, I literally went into PTSD, which is post-traumatic stress disorder. And my, my body became very hot and very cold. And I had vibrations moving through me and my back broke out in a rash. And this condition persisted for several weeks as the residue of the emotional effect of those past emotions that had lodged themselves in me mentally, emotionally, and physically were released once and for all, freeing me to actually do what I'm doing now in speaking with you. So like that, we all have our own version of this. And the purpose of these talks is to explain why our will is not free, explain how it is that we practice confusing beliefs for truth at whatever age, that sets up these emotions, these this discordant feelings of anger and fear and the like and the, and the entire um, set of negative emotions that establish the emotional tone of our lives that we have to wade through and weed through and push through to free ourselves, to essentially free our will. And it's possible. I've had glimpses of it. And I also know that it can be very challenging. And I also know that we have a mental, emotional, and a physical body, and that by literally marinating in the quality of these emotional states for however long we've been alive, has the effect of changing how our body shows up. You know, we talk about the emotional tone. There's a mental tone and there's a emotional tone and a physical tone. That's how the, how we show up. And you, you know, people like this, you know, people that no matter what you say, they say no, or no matter what you say, they take the contrary, or no matter what you, how happy you are, they point out the flaw in your happiness. And 
these are real things and these are real circumstances. And the good news is that there is a way out. And it is the purpose of these talks to point that way. So I've been meaning to leave each of these talks with a, an invitation at the end, which is that if you go to www.businessofhumanity.com, there's a place where you can leave your comments, questions, or suggestions that are arising in you as a result of what you hear me saying in this talk and in subsequent talks. And then I would like to be able to answer those questions in the course of subsequent episodes so that there's an interaction between me and Susie Q as the speaker and uh, you as listeners. So I want to thank you again for taking the time. And that's all I have for now.